Well, good morning. Good morning to you. It is good to, uh, to be with you today. I'm glad to be with you. Um, I'm your brother. I'm your brother in Christ, and I am happy to be with my church family this morning. Um, please pray with me, and uh, we'll continue. Oh, Lord, we do look to you now, Father God, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We look to you, our one God, now and forever, and we look to you now for fresh refreshment this morning from wherever, wherever we're coming from, whatever happened in our homes before we got here, whatever happened in the car before we got here, whatever we're looking forward to when we leave here, we're here now, Lord, and I pray that you would help us to meet with you, help us to be refreshed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, so with the time that I have uh, with you this morning, I want to overflow on you a bit today. Um, I think many of you know that I've recently returned from a, a 12-week sabbatical. I'm very happy to be, to be back, and I am just deeply, deeply grateful to this church body. Very thankful for the, the support that I uh, had on that uh, sabbatical. Really thankful for Pastor Levi. Uh, I think he scooted out. Very thankful for Pastor Brett, those guys just picking up, doing a little, making a little extra effort while I was gone. So really, really thankful for them. Um, it really was a really good time for, for me, uh, for my family. I wish my family could be here today. We have a sick kiddo at home, so my wife and kids are not here. Um, but uh, I want to overflow a bit today uh, with regard to my sabbatical. So Psalm 66, verse 16 says this. It says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. So I want to do that this morning. Uh, I want to tell you what God has done for my soul. And I could, I could pull Karina into this as well in, in, in terms of what God has done for her soul. That's what I want to do this morning. Just share a bit, again, kind of this overflow from sabbatical. So first of all, um, just to uh, begin here, let me give you at least a little taste of kind of some of what my family did here uh, while we were away. And just to start, um, let me share this prayer with you. Um, this is one prayer that, uh, among several, that I prayed a lot uh, while I was on sabbatical. It comes from a, 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 um, a liturgy book that I found very helpful for helping me to pray uh, from a guy ma- named Douglas McKelvey. It's called Every Moment Holy. But here's the prayer. I think we have it on a slide. Lord, um, as you called your disciples to come away with you, retreating from the crush of the crowds, pausing in their long work simply to rest, to reflect, to enjoy your company, your words, your conversation, to enjoy their fellowship with one another, so help us also in this time of our sabbatical to carve out spaces merely to be, to be with you, to be together, to be refreshed. Um, and I would say amen to that. That prayer was very precious to me uh, over the course of my sab- sabbatical. Just a great gift, one of the great gifts of sabbatical is that it provided opportunity simply to rest, simply to reflect, to enjoy God's company, to enjoy his presence in the fellowship um, of my family. Uh, and it really was, sabbatical really was a, a, a time simply to be with Jesus and be with my family and be with Jesus and my family uh, together. So most days, um, the mornings were set aside for me 
to be alone, uh, uh, seeking Jesus on my own. So reading, meditating on scripture, praying, journaling. Um, And then usually from about lunchtime onward, I would just be together with my family for the rest of the day and the rest of the night. And we did a bunch of stuff while we were away. We did a lot of traveling. We would go away, and then we would come back, and then we'd go away, and then we'd come back. Um, We got to go um, spend some precious time with my, uh, I think most of you know my two daughters are adopted. We spent really great time with their birth families at some uh, lakes in northern Minnesota. Um, really, really sweet time connecting with them. Um, we did a road trip out west, so we went to the Badlands, we went to um, Black Hills, we went to the Ye- uh, Yellowstone National Park. Actually, I have a few slides here, I think. Um, so here's the Badlands, for some of you who've been there. Just amazing place, way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, here's another picture of uh, my daughters looking there at Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, of course, is in the Black Hills. Um, and then another picture here, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. It was very cool to see that in person. I'm sure some of you have seen that in a photo book or something. Some of you have been there. Really, really cool. I loved being outside uh, as I had the chance to, to be over sabbatical. Um, also, we spent time at my in-law's cabin that was just about an hour north of here, uh, Rush Lake. Um, uh, I, I'm familiar, spend a lot of time at that cabin, but it was extra sweet to be up there during sabbatical. Actually, one Saturday, our life group was up there with us, and that was really fun. Had a great time connecting with uh, the families in our life group. Uh, also spent a couple weeks, actually two and a half weeks, out in Colorado. I've got three brothers that live out in Colorado. I've got some really good friends that live out there. Great to connect with my, my nephews, my nieces, and, and with my brothers. Really good to excuse me, to connect with my friends. Um, got to go trout fishing out there. Got to do mountain biking, backpacking in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, we went to um, uh, this place called Glen Erie, the Glen Erie Castle. Not sure if you're familiar with that. That's where the Navigators Ministry has their headquarters. Here's a picture of my family there in front of the Glen Erie Castle. Super cool opportunity to be there and just be in the quiet of that place. We got to um, spend the night on the grounds and then got to uh, have breakfast in the castle there and and do a little tour. Unofficial. We kind of made our own tour there, but uh, our kids loved, like, weaving through the maze of the, the small uh, chambers in there. It's pretty cool. So just really neat, neat, neat stuff. Um, towards the end of sabbatical, Karina and I uh, got to get away. Here's a picture of us, or uh, not us, but our chairs. Uh, that's, uh, we've been taken. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is, was the, the fire pit of our campsite on the North Shore. So we're like right there on Lake Superior. I mean, it was just fantastic. But just really good time connecting with her. So we, we camped and, and hiked on the, on the North Shore. So just some really, really good stuff. Gives you a taste there of some of the things that we did while we were away. Great opportunities to just build good connections with my family. Uh, good marital connections while we were away. So just really, really sweet memories. Um, and just a constant... Through all of this, again, really a goal was to take time um, most mornings just to linger alone with Jesus. And I did have some full days alone by myself. Alone by myself? Does that make sense? I don't know. Um, I had some full days alone, um, uh, but most of the time I would take, you know, four or five hours in the morning and then spend the rest of the afternoon with my family. But reading, meditating, praying, journaling, um, again, really in the spirit of that prayer that, that, that I had shared there, just taking time alone simply to rest, to reflect, uh, to enjoy God's presence, really to enjoy God speaking to me through uh, Scripture. Um, and actually, I have one more picture here. The spot that I did this, uh, my morning time alone, I wasn't so alone this morning. 
It was kind of cool. Uh, freaked me out, actually. I heard this thing. This was when I was in Yellowstone, and uh, I was doing my thing in the morning out overlooking the Gardner River, and I hear this thing, and there's a big elk that, uh, that is behind me. So rather than running, I thought I'd take a selfie, right? And, um, so anyway, that's very cool. You don't get that uh, every day here in, in my office, at least I don't get that uh, very often. So. Um, so now, just thinking here, all the way through, so all the way through this time I had away, just a major theme kind of rose to the surface as I had my time to, to seek the face of Christ. And and it is that, that this theme of God's presence, um, or, or what Karina and I have been calling um, the withness of God, or, or God's withness. In other words, this, we're just talking about the presence of God in our lives and the implications uh, related to that. So implications of his being with me, his being with his people, um, the fact that he wants to be with me, that he wants to be with his people, um, and just considering, you know, how might that impact my being with other people, God's being with me. How does that impact my being with other people? How do I reflect um, God being with me and truly being present with other, uh, other people? And you know, as I, as I come down uh, to my office most mornings, um, there's something there in my office. Um, it's always there. It's constant. Um, there's a sound to it. Uh, it, has a, it has a rhythm to it. I don't always notice it, um, but I can notice it. Now that I know it's there, if I get really quiet, if I focus, I try to notice it. So I'll sit in my chair. Um, I do this often in the mornings. And uh, again, before the, kind of in the quiet of the morning, um, before I might turn on some music, before I might uh, uh, turn on the space heater, which we need this time of year, before I kind of hear those other things, I'll just sit and I'll listen and I'll try to grab this noise. And now that I know it's there, I can listen for its specific rhythm and I can grab it. And it's just this boo, 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 boo. Sounds kind of weird. Um, but what that is, is it's my, uh, it's just my, my light timer for these lights on my deck outside. And it just happens to be in the furnace room, which is on the other side of the wall from my, from my office. And it just struck me one day, it, this, this is, it's always there. This thing is always there. It, I, I, I don't always notice it. Um, but if I do quiet down, if I do focus, if I listen for its specific rhythm, as I do that, sure enough, as if just sort of out of nowhere, I start to hear this woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. And it's just there, and it reminds me, God is always there. God is always with me. He's always there. Uh, and and uh, if I can calm down, if I can focus, quiet my soul, listen for his rhythm, he's there. God is with us. God is with his people. Um, and so I just want to spend uh, the rest of the time I have here um, uh, in the pulpit just sort of bullet pointing a, re- a few reflections here, um, some impressions. I'm not exactly sure what to call these things, but um, just some reflections here related to the withness of God. In other words, the presence of God and the implications of that. Again, sort of overflow from sabbatical. So the first bullet point uh, that I'd mention, is that yes, God is with us, um, but God, more than that, God wants to be with us. God's desire is to be with us. It's, this is a high priority for God, to be with his people. And that struck me really early on, just in the first few days of sabbatical as I was working through the, uh, the book of Matthew, 
And it struck me there in, in Matthew chapter 1, you have this, one of these great accounts of Jesus' birth, and Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So you have, I've got a slide here, you have uh, Matthew chapter 1, uh, Mary will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus is God with us. And then the last chapter of Matthew, Jesus says this to his disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age. So just, it grabbed me in a fresh way, the bookends of the book of Matthew. Um, Jesus is God with us, and he says, I am with you always. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am God with you, and I am always with you. I am God with you, and I am always with you. Um, uh, so just bookending the Gospel of Matthew like that, it struck me in a fresh way that, man, this is a high priority for God to be with his, uh, to be with his people. Um, this is, he doesn't just uh, tolerate us, but he actually wants to be with us. He seeks to uh, be with us. This is personal. This is relational. In fact, it grabs me in a fresh way that that's why Jesus came to live and die as he did. The Bible gives us that as his reason for doing so. So you can see this in 1 Peter, for example. 1 Peter 3, 18. Uh, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That we might be brought to be with God. So catch that. That we might be brought to be with God. So the cross of Christ is about you and me being brought to be with God. This is a huge priority. God wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. He wants to be with, um, with his people. But of course, sin has separated us, for, separated us from, from him. But God moves to, to, to do the work in, in being God with us, coming to earth, live that life, die that death, so that we could be with God. That's Jesus' heart. That's Jesus' goal, is that we would be with God. And you can see this in John 14 as well, just the heart of of Jesus. John 14, verse 3. Jesus right now, of course, is in heaven, but before he went to the cross, before he ascended, he said this to his disciples. He says, I will come again. And what's he going to do when he comes again? He says, I will take you to myself, that there, that where I am, you may be also. I will come again and take you to myself, that there, that where I am, you may be also. Um, so Jesus' aim, Jesus' heart, to be with his people. It's that we would be with them. And ultimately, that is going to happen amazingly, physically, face-to-face. We are going to see Jesus. We are going to be with him. But even now, we, it, it, it's, it's not the same now as it's going to be. Um, we don't even have it exactly the same as the apostles had it. We don't have Jesus with us right now physically. We don't get to grab onto him physically. We don't get to put our eyes in his face physically But even now, God chooses to be with us. And of course, I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit is our God is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So John 14, again, John 14, verses 15 to 17. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. So this is a high priority, again, for God. This is a, a strong desire in God. And so in, in trusting Jesus, following Jesus, God is, is with us in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's with us. 
He's always with us, and he wants to be actually with us. That's his heart. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that, that, the, 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 that each of us individually as, as, as followers of Jesus, we are the temple of the living God. And he says that the church also, corporately, is the temple of the living God. This is amazing. God wants to be with us. He wants to live with us. He even makes us uh, his temple. So, so just first bullet point there, uh, just wanting to share that that, that just sort of uh, smacked me in, in deeper ways, I think, than it has in the past. Just wanting to share that, yes, God is with us. But it's more than that. He, he wants to be with us. This is a strong desire of his. This is a priority um, of his. God's passion is to be with us as his people. And he is, in fact, with us. But um, like that, that lighting timer that's near my office, um, sometimes we need to, we need to, we won't notice him. We need to slow down. We need to quiet our hearts. We need to focus. We need to listen for his uh, rhythm, press, press out distractions, and, and really listen uh, for him. So, first bullet point there. Another bullet point. Um, it's been impressing on me that the, the great gift of God's grace is not merely something that he gives us. Okay, he doesn't just give us his grace. Now, um, it's, for, it's, it's, it's more than that, more fully than that. It's more robust than that. It's more personal than that. It's, it's, it's that God's grace really is himself. God gives his grace. It's giving himself. God's grace is his presence. Um, now, in a sense, of course, God does give us his grace. We know that. Um, uh, there is a sense, of course, that he pours out his grace on us. And, and uh, God's grace is his undeserved favor that he gives to us. That's a good definition of his grace, and he does that. But I think more fully than that, more robust than that, God gives us himself. He, God chooses to express his favor by being with us, by choosing to, uh, to, to be with us, especially in our time of need. So, you know, he doesn't just throw us a life preserver, so to speak, but he jumps in the water with us. He's right there uh, with us. It reminds me of um, something that uh, David Platt uh, has said once, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, but he said something like this related to the Holy Spirit. He said, when we ask for comfort, more than just comfort, God gives us the comforter. And when we ask for guidance, more than just giving us guidance, he gives us the guide. And if we might ask for help, uh, more than just giving us help, he gives us the helper. God gives us himself. He doesn't just throw us a life preserver, but he jumps in the water with us, and he is with us. It's, his grace is more robust than, than simply something that is passed off to us in our time of need. Um, it's more than that. It's God's withness. It's his presence. Jesus says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Or um, Psalm 46 puts it th- like this, a favorite verse of many. Psalm 46, verse 1. God, God himself is our refuge and strength. He didn't throw us refuge and throw us strength. God himself is our refuge and strength. God himself is a very present help in our time of trouble. He's very present to help in our time of trouble. So again, just considering this idea that, that God's... Um, grace is more than just something he gives us, but it's really his presence. God's grace is him giving us his very self. 
Um, Or one writer says this, he says that the idea of grace really is like a shorthand way of saying that that God is giving us um, himself. Just ultimately, it's a shorthand way of speaking of God giving us himself. And ultimately, really, that is the great, um, amazing uh, end of salvation or of eternal life. This is is the end. Uh, It's to be with God forever. Forever to be with him, uh, forever to be with others who are part of his people. Really, I would say that's the great good news about the gospel. Um, this is what makes the gospel so, uh, such good news. It's that we get to be with God. It's that God is with us. Um, so you, you, you might think of the, 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 the cross and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and you think that's the good news of the gospel, and it is. This is the good news about what Jesus did with his life, death, and resurrection and his ascension and his promised return. But why? Why is that such great news? It's because we get to be with God. That we get to be with God is that God can be with us. That's what makes it such good news. That's why the gospel is good news. Uh, you remember, uh, I quoted it earlier, 1 Peter 3.18. Christ suffered for our sins so that he might bring us to God. Remember John 14. I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So this aim of us with Jesus, God the Son himself, with God the Father, and with the Holy Spirit in that amazing community, with others of those who are with him in unbroken fellowship, it's amazing. And in the meantime, of course, remember, we have the helper right now. We have the helper. We have the Holy Spirit. He's always with us. He's making our, his temple in our own souls. He's making his temple in the church. This is um, uh, God with us. Always, always with us. So that's the second bullet point there. Again, this idea that, that just considering this idea that God's grace is his presence. Um, doesn't just give us grace in our time of need, but he gives us himself, especially in our time of need. Another bullet point here. Uh, it's impressing on me that, that the, the, this God's withness, his presence, um, this is part and parcel of his love, okay? I mean, so like fire cannot not have heat. God's loving us cannot not have God wanting to be with us. Fire's got to have heat. Man, God's love, it's God's with, God with us. These are, these are inextricably tied together. They are part and parcel of one another. God's love and God's presence. Because God loves us, in other words, he expresses that love by choosing to be with us. It is, it is a fruit of God's love, is, is his presence. So you notice just the classic John 3.16. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son... And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And remembering 1 Peter 3.18 again, kind of in, in, in reference to that, Jesus' sacrifice, um, in other words, the son being given, uh, was wise, so that he might bring us to God. And so we see God's love there. Um, God so loved the world that he sent Emmanuel. He sent God with us so that we would, so that, God with us would bring us to be with God. I mean, he, it is salvation, grace, being saved, being rescued. This is about being with God, personally um, in relationship with God. So that's a third bullet point. Again, just noticing that this withness of God is part and parcel of his love. Part and parcel of his love. Because God loves us, he wants to be with us. 
And he shows his love for us by, in fact, choosing to be with us. This is how he demonstrates his love for us, is, is being, making, first, making a way to be with us through Jesus and the cross and actually being with us, especially now in the Holy Spirit. All right, finally then, just a final bullet point here. Excuse me. Just the impact of all of this. You know, um, the impact of this withness of God kind of impressions, um, however, whatever we might call them, bullet points here, observations. Um, what has been the impact on me, or at least an impact on me? Because kind of the bullet points I've shared so far were more like the Lord kind of like refreshing my sense of maybe a deeper sense of these things and, it, you know, maybe more in the category of insight. But, but so what? I mean, how has that hit me? How has that impacted me? Um, uh, so to think about that a little bit. And I could say several interconnected things here. Um, I, could say, I could list a lot more bullet points as well, but we go with what we have for time. And also I'm, I, I'll have other opportunities to share and I look forward to connecting with, uh, with you to be able to do that. Um, but just several interconnected things I could say, but for today, I would just say um, that I think the, the, probably the major impact for me is that I really am feeling inside of me a greater growing desire to be with people. Uh, not a growing sense of, I have to be with people. A growing sense of, I want to be with people. That's growing in me. Um, just as God loves me and wants to be with me, I am growing to see that, that, that my, my being with people is an expression of my love for them. Um, and I think for all of us, I think, I think there's something here um, for us. I mean, this is one of the ways that we show our love uh, to others. It's by wanting to be with, be with them. It's by choosing uh, to be with others. We show our love for our family by being with our family. We show our love for our neighbors by being with our neighbors. We show our love for uh, the church family by taking time to be with one another in the church family. And man, this was a, uh, a, a conviction of mine, um, uh, especially relate, over sabbatical, especially related to my kids. And maybe some of you will relate to me on this. Um, it, it struck me, sort of in a fresh way, related to my kids, that, that they will feel my love for them, especially by my being with them, actually being with them. My kids will feel my love for them, especially when I am with them. I think they're going to be much more likely to believe and to trust my love for them if they are deeply impressed with uh, or deeply aware of a sense of my withness uh, with them. And not just being with them physically, um, but really with them in spirit, really, really with them in thinking and feeling. Um, you know, I'm there, uh, attentive, uh, responding, not distracted, not just biding time to get to the next thing, but with them. Not, not thinking about sort of what's next, but living right there in the moment uh, with them. With them while I'm with them, we might say. Really with them while I'm with them. Because that's God with us. That's God with me. Really with me when he's with me. Um, he's attentive to us. He hears us. Um, he is that for me. And so I want to be that more for, for others. And I think for me, I would say that this is a, 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 the point at which God is really pressing sanctification for me. 
sanctification. And, I, and, and, and it may very well be, I would invite you to, 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 to listen here to the Holy Spirit. Um, it could be that this is a, a point where he may be pressing sanctification for you as well. Uh, excuse me. Um, it, sanctification, by the way, just meaning growth in Christ-likeness. Growing in, in, in looking more and more like Christ. Um, it's certainly, I think, a, a point of emphasis for me with regard to what God is doing in me right now, um, uh, with regard to my sanctification. It's that I would express more my love for people with my withness, uh, wanting to be with others as God is with me. So with others while I am with others as God is with me. Um, so another way to say it would be to be with others more patiently, um, to be kind, gentle, truth-loving, compassionate, listening, forgiving, peaceable, and, and more could be said. Again, I think this is, this is a point of emphasis for my own sanctification, but again, I would encourage you maybe listen to the Spirit here, and is, is this withness something that the Lord is stirring for you as well, um, as far as how you are expressing uh, your love? And you know, I think for some of us, when we think about sanctification, we often think of it in very personal terms, uh, like it's, it's, it's really about personal moral purity or sort, sort of like a personal moral self-improvement effort. Very oftentimes, thinking about sanctification, we might think of it's, it's like trying to kind of grow separation uh, from bad things, get separated from bad things. So we might think of, of, of sanctif- sanctification that way, maybe consider if that's how you primarily think about it. Um, sanctified in terms of growing separation of, of, of what's bad or from what's bad. But I want to encourage us to think less about sanctification as growing separation of, of, from what's bad and rather closing down that separation specifically with people in love. Closing down separation with people in love. Um, in other words, growing in Christ's likeness by growing in love for people. That's another way to say it. Uh, growing in Christ's likeness by growing actually in love with people, expressed as God expresses his love for us by being with us, um, expressing our, our love for others in more being with others. I mean, that, that seems to connect for me. Um, those dots uh, seem to connect. You have sanctification equals more love for people equals being more with people that you love and with those that you want to love more. Those, th- that, that seems to connect for me. Um, I read a book uh, early on in sabbatical that was really helpful uh, along these lines. It's by um, David Paulison. Uh, and he says this. Um, he says, Sanctification means pointedly, freely, genuinely loving other people. Lord, help me to stop, to care, to notice, to listen, to express candid appreciation, to share my life, Yes, Lord, that is, that is my prayer. Um, he says, being indifferent or opinionated or avoidant or preoccupied comes easy. And that does come easy for me. But, he says, it is a bit of holiness when I am happy to see someone, when I ask a question and I mean it, when I listen attentively, when I genuinely affirm, and when I push back candidly and constructively. So that, that's very helpful for me, for me. Um, and again, I think 
consider how this may land on you as well. This is where the Lord is pressing sanctification for me, my growth in Christ's likeness. Um, God is with us. He cares. He notices. He listens. He expresses candid appreciation. He shares his life. He's not avoidant. He's not preoccupied. He's happy to see us. He listens attentively. He affirms. And he pushes back on us when necessary. And when he does that, he does so constructively. God is with me in that way, and so I want to be more with others in that way as well. More with my family in that way. More with my neighbors in that way. And certainly more with you. More with my church fam. Excuse me, my church family uh, in that way as well. Um, and I feel very much like a work in progress here. Um, I, do, I feel like there is something turning in my soul that I haven't really felt before. And, uh, but I'm, it's a work in progress. No, haven't graduated to any kind of level of some goal of maturity here. But I think by God's grace, I can feel this turning in my soul to be less indifferent, to be less avoidant, to be less opinionated, to be less preoccupied, um, and really truly wanting to be more with others and to be more with others, um, you know, when I really am with others, my wife, my kids, my neighbors, my church family, um, in those kinds of ways. That, that's a major chord, I think, that the Lord is striking for me in my sanctification right now. Um, and the Lord has convicted me on this. Um, he's pricked my conscience on this. Uh, I, I have not, as I reflect back over recent years, I have not been um, as, as present, I think, with people um, as I would uh, like to be, as I would like to admit that I, I have been. Um, not as present as a husband, not as present as a father, um, not as present as a pastor, I think, for these last eight years. I have been more indifferent, more avoidant, more opinionated, more preoccupied than I would like to admit. Um, and certainly more than I hope I will be um, moving forward by, by God's grace. And I think that the Lord is, is um, helping me to see at least part, at least part of why this has maybe been the case for the, for in recent years. Um, and I, I'm realizing that I am, I am more, a, a more anxious, fearful person than I think I've realized and than I think that I want to admit. Um, more anxious, uh, more fearful, especially, and here's the, 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 the place where it really hits, especially as I think about what others are thinking about me. Man, I get anxious about that, and I get fearful. Do they think that I'm doing what I guess I am supposed to maybe be doing? Um, Do they feel about me the way that, I don't know, maybe they're supposed to feel about me, or whatever that might be? I mean, another way to put this is that too often, basically, my fear of people eclipses my fear of God, uh, quite frankly. Um, I, I, I have this... Uh, it's, it's like I'm more influenced in my heart at times by my projection of others' opinions of me than I am with God's opinion of me. Uh, essentially, I am fearing you. <laughs> I'm fearing uh, my neighbors. I'm fearing people more than I'm fearing God. At least um, 
That's where the Lord seems to be pressing me right now. In other words, I think that these amazing gospel implications that I am chosen, that I am set apart by God uh, for him, that I am beloved of God, those, um, uh, those amazing gospel realities, and as such, I am with God, God is with me, that amazing gospel reality just too often gets trumped by concern about what others are thinking about me. Um, so concern that... that that people concerned that you, my church family, will see me to be the to see me as the very average pastor that I am, that you might see me as not as helpful as you would like me to be, that you would see me as not as wise as maybe, or or at least getting wisdom from me that that you might appreciate, and other things. More could be said, and I think in part at least, part of the reason why that is, part of the reason, or I think that's part of the reason why my love for people, my love for this church family has been not as, um, has not been expressed with withness as much as um, I would like to admit. Sort of fearful, anxious of what people are thinking, so kind of stepping back a little bit. And uh, I think that's where the Lord is pressing me. Um, And actually, David Paulson says this, um, he says that maybe, he says, perhaps, perhaps the most dramatic evidence of headway in sanctification is that you no longer think so much about yourself. Uh, you start doing better when you are not, excuse me, preoccupied with how well am I doing. And that makes sense to me. Man, that makes sense to me. Um, at least right now where I'm at, where I think the Lord has me growing. I mean, just too often my concern really is ultimately about myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm with others and I'm thinking about what they're thinking about me. It's about their opinion of me, um, uh, and that just, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not with people thinking about how they're doing. I'm with people thinking about how they think I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's, it's really quite self-centered, uh, and, and the Lord is pressing me on that. Um, it's, and so there's, I'm distracted. I'm, I'm distracted. Um, can't be truly with a person in any given moment because not concerned about the person for their sake, but more about what they might be thinking about me. Uh, so for me, at least, in this season, I, I think Paulison is right on here, that evidence for headway in sanctification for me, if I am going to be growing in these ways, um, it will be that I no longer think so much about myself in these things. Now, I'm, and I'm grateful. Um, uh, I do feel turning in my soul here to just deeper mindfulness of the Lord's constant presence with me. And just deeper mindfulness, deeper awareness that, that he is with me um, and, that, and that I'm safe as a chosen one, as a holy one, as a beloved one, as a child, as elect, and on down the list of how the, the, the gospel would describe who I am. There's a greater safety in that, and that is compelling a deeper desire to step out and be more truly present with others. Again, work in progress, but I do feel turning uh, in my soul. And maybe, maybe the Lord would be turning in your soul in, in similar ways. So would, would encourage you to, to consider that. Um, so that's, the, that's the, the, the impact of this witness of God theme, at least at present. That's where, that's where I'm churning. So um, you're catching me kind of midstream as I'm continuing to uh, churn on the things that I think the Lord is leading me into. So, man, I'm super thankful for my sabbatical. I really am. Um, in, in, in ways, I feel much, much healthier 
uh, in terms of my relationship with the Lord and what that impact that might be for my relationship with others. And so really grateful for the opportunity. It was very comforting, again, refreshed to be reminded that God is with me and he wants to be with me, refreshed, being reminded that God's presence is part and parcel of his love and his grace. And, uh, and I am wanting to be better about really slowing down to, to focus, to, to notice his presence more, to notice his sound more, uh, like that rhythm of my uh, light timer, uh, to, to focus and actually hear and see the Lord's activity in the world and, and around me. Uh, but it's been challenging as well, as I've said, just seeing some things here about my anxiety, seeing some things here about my fear, seeing some things about my self-centeredness, um, and seeing how that has contributed in ways to my being, to my, my expressing my love not as much with withness as I, as I would like to, and as I would like to admit that I have. Again, with my family, with my neighbors, and certainly with, with my church family as well. But again, the Lord is leading me on a good path here. Uh, and I uh, would invite you along for the ride, invite you to, to see where the Lord might be tugging at you as well, what he might be nudging you uh, in uh, related to these things. So thank you for listening. Um, I'd be happy to talk more about these things. Um, and so be happy to uh, be with you. Uh, so let's, let's, let's connect. All right. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you very much for the opportunity to have been together to um, share, uh, have this, this church body hear a little bit of the ways that you've been stirring me uh, and my family. Um, I think it's good. I think it's so good that I was be able to share these things. And, and, uh, and I just pray that you would do with them what you know to be good. Um, continue to work Christ-likeness into me. Continue to work Christ-likeness into this church body. Um, and I pray that you would help um, uh, each individual here uh, to hear from you and to have a fresh experience of your withness today. In Jesus' name, amen.